Welcome to Catechesis, also known as Cats and Jesus. Catechesis is Greek for teaching, and that's what our hosts, Reverend James Goodlett and Reverend Adam Roberts, will do with this podcast, Teach. Each week, they will study, discuss, and dissect the week's scripture and spoken word. Catechesis is a digital outreach of First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange. Welcome your hosts, James and Adam. Welcome to Catechesis, a production of Lewis and Broad Media. My name is James Goodlett. I'm one of the pastors here at First Presbyterian Church in downtown LaGrange, Georgia. And I'm here to mull over these mm. scriptures mm. with the Reverend Dr. Adam we, Roberts. We be mulling. That could be the slogan for our podcast you know t-shirts hats we be mulling i've never Cats noticed and cheeses i've never noticed this in our intro music that i think was written by Soundgarden. Mm. uh i never noticed that somebody is in the background doing a little tambourine action <laughs> it's it, more about the stomp and clap for me well, but there, the tambourine is, is in there yeah i just heard it because layton let it go a little longer and there's a little i know i like to envision humans playing that as probably a computer but that's true. So, full disclosure, uh, this is a recording for the scripture for the week of February the 5th, which we will take a deep dive into here in a second. But in all actuality, it is January the 19th mm, upon true. our recording. Because early I, morning for us to it, be recording is, the Cats and Cheese. It is. I'm, I'm headed out of town for a couple weeks. And uh, we got we to gotta get ahead of this thing. Yeah, this is my voice on coffee. So if something big happens over the next couple of weeks, and you're oh, wondering, why, did, why didn't they address that mm. world event? Oh, no. I've spilled coffee. But and I'm going right, to move on. We can't take Adam anywhere. <laughs> He has, hey, let me ask you this. He what spilled it, coffee well, on I did, his I did. beautiful uh, white shirt. It is a lovely shirt. But So back to um, the big event. Uh, like, what if... What if we actually have first contact between with with an alien life form between well, now and which if that alien life form doesn't look like Alpha, I will be disappointed. But first of all, let's be clear. I, I would be severely disappointed if that were to happen, if we were not the first primary source of news for our <laughs> listeners. I want people to say, my God, what would James and Adam think of this? Of course they would listen. They would want to know what we have to say. About if that happens, event. if that happens, we're going to do a by remote uh, That's true. podcast. Yeah, I'll be in my hotel room in Charleston. The world will want to know our thoughts. They will. It is a dark day outside, which ironically is somewhat the antithesis of our scripture for today, because we're talking a little bit about light today, a little bit of light. Let your light shine. True. Our scripture for the day, good folks, good listeners. Matthew five thirteen through twenty. And the last time we recorded, we we did a, a little bit of an intro to uh, to Matthew. Matthew as the. Uh, presentation of Jesus as a thoroughly Jewish Messiah, new Moses, mosaic, you not know? not in the sense of many small 
geometric parts composing a larger picture, but in the sense of Moses. As in burning bush, as in exodus, as in Red Sea, as in let my people go. True. As in going up on a mountainside and bringing down the law of God. And here we have Jesus, new Moses, on a mountainside discussing the law of God. It's, it's a beautiful symmetry. Now, last week, uh, well... For us, it would be next week. But last week, for the listeners. <laughs> Where are we in space and time? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Laura Neely discussed the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the blessings. And on the heels of those Beatitudes, those blessings, comes our scripture for today. And Jesus talks about, he, he offers up some very well-known metaphors. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And, and I will tell you something that jumped out at me, Adam, immediately about this, is first of all, we need to understand that the you is not a singular you. It is a plural y'all. You all. True. It would be really helpful if somebody would Put that in the English translation. Oh, I, you know, I feel like a new translation should incorporate the usage of the word y'all. Yeah, um, maybe Cotton Patch Gospels from way back, Clarence Jordan, oh, may, wow. may have done that. Look at you bringing that back. In the, the 50s, 60s. Y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all are the light of the world, plural you. The other thing is, this is a statement of fact. It isn't, you could be, you potentially might be, the salt of the earth. If you fulfill your your greatest potential, maybe you could aspire to be the light of the world. No, that's not what this is. You, in fact, are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It is a marker of identification, a marker of being. Don't hide who you are. Don't conceal what you're about. Fundamentally, you exist to interact with the world in very specific ways. And, and not only that, but if you do not interact with the world, then there is a uselessness about you if you fail to, to be who you are. Yeah, so imagine the group is what I'm see in my mind that Jesus might be addressing here based on what we know about the named people who follow him. Uh, they're not folks of high status. There are some high status people like Nicodemus who secretly follow Jesus in the gospels, but uh, mostly these are, uh, I don't know, uh, wealthy and powerful folks of that time would have said, these are some low end folks out here surrounding Jesus. And he looks at them and says, you are the salt and the light. Uh, what incredible affirmation to them and powerful, I think, for them to, I don't know, there's something powerful that happens when somebody you uh, respect greatly or aspire to affirms you in that way. Something very powerful about it. Now, the flip is, yeah, he says, and if you're not that, then you get thrown out. That's what happens to salt that's not salty, trampled underfoot. Yeah, I once, you may have heard the saying that the word but, as in B-U-T, if it appears in a sentence, it tends to negate whatever came uh, before it. Yeah. 
right? I mean, I've, I've, I joke around with some folks here in our church that I, I try to use the word and. Um, you are this and this or and if this happens. But Jesus, right, right. Jesus is like, you're the salt of the earth. But right. if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? And in fact, it is no longer good for anything. And he just, Jesus just, he doesn't stop. He just, he takes it to the extreme and it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. Okay. Yeah. And a basket on top of a light. What was the point uh, of, a, of a light? So it is all or nothing in some sense here. Yeah. So th- there is a, a, an affirmation, as you put it, but there is also a warning, an admonition that if you do not do what you were created to do, if you are not who you are created to be, then what good are you? Yeah. And I will admit, I want to, I find myself wanting to rescue Jesus here and make that not sound judgy, but more sad. Like what an incredible loss this would be if that's what you choose. Although that's me rescuing Jesus. And I have to say to myself, yeah, he doesn't need that. You know, it's interesting you say that because there are scriptures out there where I want to, I, I can't find I myself to, saying that it's not, but he didn't. He didn't mean. Oh come on! He didn't mean that that way. We're mis, we're misunderstanding. It's more of a statement about us than it is about <laughs> him. Like, you know, one of the stories out there. I know we're sidetracking from the scripture, but one of the stories is you know when he calls the woman a dog. Oh man, one of the toughest. Yeah, yeah. Even the dogs. Even, even can, the dogs can eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Right? And yeah. people were just like, "Oh, Jesus was having a bad day," <laughs> yeah, but we we want to rescue him. Yeah. When you're right, maybe he doesn't need rescuing. He he was he was setting out to do something. We should probably always assume he said what he said with intent, uh, and it's up to us to, in the entire context of the Gospels and the New Testament and tradition and reason and experience, as a good Wesleyan person over here, uh, it's not just Wesleyan. We the Methodists just like to think we we cornered that. You, you got the market cornered. <laughs> we we in no way cornered that. We, we no Presbyterians. We don't care about experience. <laughs> That's the same with the uh, Anglican Episcopals. My friend uh, over there before has said uh, we have a three legged stool. Y'all have a four legged table. But yeah, so uh, so yeah, uh, just take take him at what he says. Take him at what he says. Which here is 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 a, a a word of warning. Do again, do what you what you were created to do, um, lest you be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then he goes on to uh, to discuss the light of the world. You and I talked about this in pre pro, as the kids call it. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you had to be. You had to listen There's to the a, last episode yeah, everybody. to understand <laughs> what that little reference uh, meant. But uh, talking about light. People do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Goodness gracious. Adam, that sounds a little bit like <laughs> well, we said, works righteousness. Yeah, we said, oh, man, that sounds like the... Um I don't know, goody two-shoes Christians we can all be sometimes, uh, which is, well, look what I did. I brought the I brought four dozen cookies to the church social, you know, or what, I don't know, whatever it might be. Um, sometimes I know that I have been involved sometimes in events or helping or doing this, that, or the other. Probably 
so that that so-called light of mine would be seen by others, but not so that people would give glory to God, but so they would give glory to Adam. And I think that is the key difference, maybe, is the the motivation uh, and how people react when they see not us, but the the thing which happened. Yeah, I I, I think it's interesting because ultimately Jesus makes it very clear that the works that people are to see because of said light aren't about them, but they are about God. They are about the quote-unquote Father in heaven, the one Jesus called Father. And, and so that the light is meant to not reference ourselves, but to be a reference to someone else. And one thing humans are pretty good at, I think, is sniffing that out pretty quickly. I know... Often it seems pretty obvious when somebody has uh, done something not for you or for God, but on some level out of pure self-interest or uh, the desire for that. And most of the time we are all a mixture of that, of course. But uh, I have an old, old mentor, clergy friend, who says, uh, people know when you're trying to do something to them <laughs> rather than with them or for them. Yeah, and he's right. Yeah, and, and, and to go back to verse 13 again the point is or or a point is you are you are the light this is who you are so don't snuff it out don't snuff out who you are or what you were created to be because again if you do that then you are useless it it is this word of affirmation as you said and then it is this word of warning be yourself imagine that i don't know that i've ever preached a be yourself sermon (laughs) and is that exactly what jesus is saying maybe if this is who he sees us as being and and to to be good stewards of the gift that you have been given so that again you can refer to somebody else you can give glory to god in heaven and then there's this uh verses 17 through 20 where Jesus kind of piggybacks off this whole idea of salt and light and and being and and what we are created to be and who who we are and what we're supposed to do and then Jesus kind of turns it back to himself here and says now this is who I am don't think that I'm come here to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. So this goes back to this whole mosaic piece. Jesus is building upon generations of work, of ministry, if you want to call it that, um, referring back to uh, his being a fulfillment of the, the law, the prophets of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. So Jesus here again as new Moses, as, as, as fulfillment, it, it, it carries on this theme, and he's trying to make it clear that I, I am not coming here to overturn everything that you have heard. I'm actually a product of that, and I'm here to take that, that law, those prophecies, to their rightful ends. This is a deeply intriguing part of the passage that I think is incredibly relevant to all of us who would want to be transformed by Jesus and follow Jesus. Uh, This idea that 
in what becomes Christian freedom, because I do believe that's a, that's a thing. I mean, there really is a release into a freedom of life. Uh, this yoke of Jesus, he says, that's easy in some sense, and the light burden, whereas uh, the religious leaders of the time, Jesus said, is like they tie up big heavy packs and put them on the people and don't lift a finger to help them. So this is the opposite of that, and yet it's not an abolition of Moses and the law. It's a fulfillment, and, and maybe that has to do with our misunderstanding of Moses' law often, which actually was a step toward progress, right? So now instead of killing you for every uh, single uh, misdoing, uh, it becomes an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, which to us sounds like vengeance, but in fact was really a limiting factor on punishment at that time and in that place, a uh, significantly limiting factor to say let punishment meet the crime, so to speak. Now, of course, we're getting to a different piece of scripture in that, but uh, the, same, the same thing, I think, which is track, I would encourage people, track Jesus's life in the Gospels all the way out, and the fulfillment of the law is the cross. Uh, so we're getting into a pretty radical fulfillment, the cross and resurrection. Uh, this is where I would, I mean, a, a thing I want for Christian people is to link together the crucifixion and resurrection with the teachings more often. It seems like we have this divide where there's this, we can focus on crucifixion and resurrection for salvation and then don't worry about the teachings, or maybe sometimes I'll read the teachings and those are nice life lessons. I think it's, that is not it at all. They are of one piece together. So all Jesus' teachings are tracking toward this ultimate object lesson of fulfillment, the crucifixion and resurrection. And um, so, so, yeah, there's the trajectory, and that's why, that's why it's important. Well, and I also think, we, to kind of expand upon your point about paying attention to Jesus's teachings. I think another mistake we make that this scripture is, is going to great lengths to avoid is, Oh, well, as long as we follow Jesus and and we claim him as Lord and savior, uh, what happened in the old Testament isn't as important. When in fact, it is a cohesive story. It is the story of the people of God. We don't just throw out what happened before Jesus. Jesus himself says right here, I have come not to abolish what happened before me, but to fulfill it. The, the mosaic story is, is one of liberation. That's exactly right. Yeah. It is one of God, a story of God's being with us even in the wilderness. Movement from actual enslavement uh, in Egypt. Uh, through into liberation and freedom. And, yes. and so God is with those people at, at such a time and beyond it in the wilderness and beyond it uh, throughout the whole story. And then Jesus himself comes not to abolish, but to fulfill it as God with us literally in the flesh. And so he wants it to, to make it very clear here. This is why I think that the scripture, this whole seven or eight verses really works, is we have been created for a certain purpose. We are salt. We are light. Jesus is here for a certain purpose. Jesus's purpose is to show us God has always been with us, and God is literally with us now, and God will always be with us. Yeah, think about as Jesus is there teaching it's really God here in front of you. Look how incredibly unlikely 
this laborer from Nazareth, God with us. You people, ragtag as you are, you are salt and light. I, I get that gets me pretty pumped up. That's yeah, and the, the other thing I'll I'll say is the the pattern thus far has been affirmation and admonition, or a- affirmation and warning, and that is also here in seventeen to twenty. Affirmation: I am here to fulfill the law. However, if you break what I am teaching you, these commandments, and if you teach others to do that, guess what? Not good. No bueno. <laughs> Whoever does them and teaches them will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, at least you're still there. <laughs> I will point out, but Fair. you will be least. You will be least. Fair. Uh, whatever that might mean exactly. But then look what he says about the scribes and Pharisees, and I would go as far as to say to the scribes and Pharisees who might be overhearing this. Well, there's a double meaning here, right? Because if you're listening if you're listening to Jesus in this time and in this place, give this sermon on the mount, scribes and Pharisees are elevated. Right. I'm not sure that's what Jesus means here, given his overall treatment and right. opinion of the scribes and Pharisees. Right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, now I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, you'd better do better than those who are already doing better than you. No, it's not. that's not what he means. Right, 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 you're right. No, it's it's a knock on the scribes and Pharisees. Now, I, I would, I in, in my mind, I would almost guarantee that's how they heard it. Right. It, it, the, the person who's listening to it might think, oh, my gosh, I've got to be better than the scribes yeah, and the Pharisees. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? But really... That was not a compliment. That was a... Yeah, it's a knock. Uh, it's a dig on them. Yeah. They might be the very ones who are the least of these in yeah. the kingdom of heaven to whom Jesus was referring. Yeah, and and we know they heard it that way, they being the scribes and Pharisees, because, uh, you know, not going to be long until they're plotting to kill him. They are so angry. So the point being that Jesus is warning not only the people... And encouraging them, but he's also offering a warning to those scribes and Pharisees. By the way, if you break these commandments and you teach others to do the same, scribes and Pharisees, rut row. <laughs> so, really interesting few verses here where Jesus is mixing it up, telling people what they are supposed to do, who they who they are, and and what they're called to do, and what he's there to do. And that serves as a segue into the ministry that follows. It really, the Sermon on the Mount really establishes a really nice foundation for what is to come. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Engage us on our socials at Lewis and Broad on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on these scriptures. And uh, as always, it's, it's good to be in here with you. Can't wait to uh, uh, tell you more about Season 5 of Loose and Broad that's on the horizon. We should have announcement here very, very soon. Aunt Rhonda is in studio with us, Leighton Parker. She's here. We let her just be quiet. Just it's early. Of, it's early in the day. She's just kind of doing her thing. But thanks for tuning in, y'all. Uh, for Leighton Parker, my name is James Goodlett. And Adam Roberts. Remember who and whose you are, and we'll talk to y'all next time. Thanks for joining us this week at Catechesis. Follow along on our social media and our websites at fpclagrange.org and lewisandbroad.org. Until next week.